welcome to Raceroo Radio. My name is Ryan Painter, and outside of my family, my two biggest passions are racing and fitness. In these episodes, I like to talk about fitness ideas, stories, and concepts that can hopefully reach out to people and give them some ideas on how they can start or continue their fitness journeys. I aim to get people more active off of their phones outside and enjoying life instead of sitting inside on their couches watching TV leading unhealthy lifestyles. I will also sometimes talk about racing. Most of the time we're going to be talking about NASCAR because I love NASCAR and I've been in the industry since 2007, but sometimes we'll also talk about Formula One and maybe even some World of Outlaws or some other series. And heck, sometimes I might even throw in something that's off of those topics just because I feel like I want to talk about it. I can't wait to get into this episode, so with that being said, let's get started. You're listening to Racer Roo Radio. I'm Ryan Painter. Uh, we got uh, a couple of races to talk about from Phoenix this weekend. Uh, I'll be honest, really didn't watch it. I didn't watch the Xfinity race at all. Missed that completely. Uh, and uh, I only watched the last third of the cup race while I was in the car and no audio. So I uh, didn't get to really watch him a lot, but we are going to talk about some things to do with Phoenix uh, so we'll share that. I'm also gonna talk about how uh, I kind of came to the conclusion this week that uh, I think that I'm a CrossFitter, but maybe I'm not really. So we're gonna dive into that. But first, uh, we're getting into springtime. We just crossed over the daylight savings time, and uh, so, so if you live in the south like me. I don't want to say the deep south because North Carolina is really not the deep south. But if you're in the south like me, um, it's starting to snow here. And I don't mean snow as in the cold white stuff. I mean the icky, nasty, yellowish, greenish stuff that makes your eyes close. So this episode is going to be brought to you by any allergy company that may want to sponsor me in the future. Your name could be here. Um, I'm already starting to feel the effects of that. Uh, so it's going to be a fun summer because ever since I've moved down here, it's gotten worse every year. So that's going to be good, good times when I'm already feeling it, uh, in early March. But in all seriousness, uh, with it being early March, I did want to bring up something that is, uh, kind of, um, current events, if you will. So, uh, I'm not really up to date on the COVID stuff. I kind of stopped paying attention to COVID when everything I read contradicted the thing I had just read before it. I got to the point where no judgment on anything. I just kind of assumed no one knew what the hell was going on. Every expert said something and then they come back and contradicted themselves or contradicted something that somebody else said was the exact same thing. I don't know. So I kind of stopped paying attention. It's It didn't matter much to to be honest with you anyway, how well I was right onto it. It's just kind of like, this is the sandbox we're playing in and we just got to make our sandcastles with the sand. But with that being said, uh, the vaccine is coming out. It's being more prominent. So now I'm not one. I don't usually take a lot of really, really hot takes, but I'm going to take one here depending on your view of it. Uh, I heard somewhere 
I, I saw a little thing that group four or whatever uh, will be available getting vaccines starting in a week or two, which apparently is like everyone else. Like they, the first three groups were regulated spe specifically for healthcare workers and essential workers and people above 65, blah, 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 blah. And apparently group four is like opening up to pretty much everyone. Now, I'm not telling you do or don't. Do whatever you want. Um, that is your choice. But I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. The first chance I get the, the chance to get the vaccine. And I don't care really which one. I'm going to get it. And I'm going to tell you why. And it's not because I'm f fearful of the virus and I think it's this or whatever. It's, it is much, 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 much simpler than that in my eyes. Um, we have been at this for a year, and I'm kind of over it. And I recognize that when you get the vaccine, you probably still have to wear your mask in public or whatever. We still have to kind of do the things. I recognize they don't really know, um, if we're going to have to get this thing every year. I know. I know that this thing was put together really, really, really fast. I know. It's okay. A lot of that has to do with a lot of the other things had have so much red tape. It takes forever to get them through all the processes. I know. It's okay. So, you can tell me all of that. At the end of the day, when the rules come out, be it in the state of North Carolina or the United States in general, and they say, no longer have to wear a mask, be it in public, in a building, in group fitness. I want to be the first person to rip the daggone thing off. And it is that simple. I do not give a care in the world if all they give me is the equivalent of a sugar pill in my vaccine. I don't care. I just want to have the stupid card that says I'm good. And it's that simple. No conspiracy. No nothing. No microchip. None of that. I don't care. It is that simple. I just want to be the first person to be able to say, burn this mask. Alright? And I, that's not really for anyone who's uh, like doesn't believe in the things right now. Like they think that COVID's made up. It's not. But if they think that. Or whatever your case is maybe that's the approach you need to have it's just I want to be done with it and when they say if you're done if you have this thing you can be done that's it now if you have to get it again next year okay that's fine I just want to be done with the stupid masks and we can't be done with the stupid masks until people say okay even if I don't believe in this va the vaccine want to be done with masks. It is that simple. It is not complicated. It is not going to kill you. And if I have one more person tell me that the vaccine is dangerous, who is also a smoker, a heavy drinker, I might lose my daggone mind. Because for the love of God, you cannot preach to me about health and fitness, nor anyone else for that matter. So, ignore that I said about me. You cannot preach 
health and fitness to anyone if you are unhealthy because you are an overeater, if you are unhealthy because you are a smoker, if you are unhealthy because you live your life way too sedentary, that you do massive amounts of drugs that are going to harm your body. The list goes on and on. If you do all of those things correctly, then okay, maybe you can criticize the, the approaches on this vaccine if you have a viable argument, and most people do not. So, fight me on this, because I think it's going to be very hard for you to fight me when I'm just literally saying, I don't care, I want to be done as soon as we can be done. That's it. Alright? No leftist, no rightist, bullcrap here. It is that simple. So, that is my hot take, and it's really not as hot take as I, I made it out to be. It's actually fairly neutral, I think, which is kind of where I like to live my life. So, with that being said, uh, I'm going to move on to uh, a realization that I had. Um, so, there's several uh, health and fitness podcasts I like to listen to. And one of them... Uh, very, very intelligent people on this podcast. I believe everything they say just because I trust them. I've listened to the things that they have to say. I believe in what they say. I think uh, they're my go-to because I, they're the most trustworthy source that I have right now. Um, now, that being said, they are not big into CrossFit. They do not believe in it. Now, they do so. It's not that they don't believe in it. Uh, they say as a sport, they love it. They think it's a great sport. It's very entertaining to watch. Um, but as a method of the common person working out, uh, they think it sucks. They think it's terrible. And so I, I listened to this. It wasn't the whole podcast that they did, but it was a segment of it. And so here's the thing. If you're very, very, like, I consider myself to be of mostly the CrossFit domain. That's how I program myself. Uh, that's what I think is effective because of people I have seen and the way I have trained. Um, so it is especially some, like, the CrossFit community is a very, very proud community. So they're usually very ready to jump and defend. Um... And this, this is not exclusive to just the CrossFit community. Anytime there's something that you're very, very proud of, no matter what the case is, you want to jump to defend it. And if it is your football team, for example, the Baltimore Ravens, a lot of fans are ready to jump and defend Lamar Jackson as a quarterback and do not want to hear any criticisms. But if you are Lamar Jackson, you need to listen to these criticisms because you need to at least see the perspective and understand even if the, that person, what they're saying is wrong understand why that perception is being come across alright, and this can break down into to, as simple as your relationship with your significant other they may say something about you that you disagree with and sometimes you need to just listen and try to understand hey, I don't think this is right, but why does this person have this perspective, okay? So, long way around to get back to this. I needed to listen to this to understand the thought process 
behind what they were saying because again I trust them it would not be very smart for me to just say no CrossFit's great and ignore this part because I didn't agree with it <sighs> so basically when they're talking about this their biggest problem is with the uh, they say uh, that CrossFit uses Olympic lifts uh, as a main form and um, exercising to failure and the randomness of it and things like that. And I started listening to some of the stuff they said and I'm just like, this doesn't sound right. This doesn't sound right. Until the very end where one of the guys says, like they start saying that they understand a lot of things have changed in CrossFit lately. Um, it, but a lot of that has been, it diverted from its earlier methods and became more like regular training and so I don't want to dive into that too much but I kind of paused when I heard him say that and kind of had an oh my god moment that maybe I'm not as much into the real side of CrossFit as I say I am <laughs> now if you ever see my programming you will notice that I do I follow the structure of the days as Greg Glassman wrote in What is Fitness. That being, for example, day one would be a metabolic day, also known as cardio, so that would be like a running day only. Day two would be a gymnastic slash body weight movement and a weightlifting movement, and day three would be all three of those. Then the next day, you would take a day off, then the next day, you revert to a single modality, but it would just be instead of the metabolic, it would be one of weightlifting or gymnastics. So it's one, two, three, one, two, three, and you rest in between those. So I kind of follow that structure when I do my, my programming. Uh, but I don't do a whole lot of Olympic lifts, really. Um, I don't do a lot of things just to failure. So I kind of had a little epiphany that uh, maybe I just like to use the, the schedule and like to change up the variables of which I use. Because I do end up having a lot of direction in my programming. Every month is like, well, I'm doing this this month. My strength program looks like this. My Metcon program looks like this. So it is a little bit more directional than at least the perception of CrossFit is, but I think that uh, I, I did kind of understand once the guy said that little line that maybe, um, <laughs> maybe what I do isn't really along the lines of what it's directed to be as CrossFit. Now, I, I, I'm going to cycle this back also, uh, because things change. All right, things evolve. All right, and for example, like you think about the Pittsburgh Steelers in the '70s and me even into the '80s, I guess. Not a big Steelers fan, so I don't know when their most dominant time was, but I know the '70s they were really good, where their defense was like top notch, and that was what they were known for. And you know, then, then they evolved, and they 
got away from that for a while, and then, you know, they kind of came back, but then lately, the last couple years, it was kind of like, you know, what they were known for before, which was defense and running the ball, it's kind of just like, hey, uh, Big Ben, just carry us, just carry us, and so, you know, they had, the Steelers had a lot of success this year until they fell flat on their face, so, you know, things can evolve, and just like that with CrossFit, it's been around for basically 20 years, things can evolve, and things get better, and ebb and flow, so, um, I guess I agree with it, but I guess I also don't, I think, uh, one thing I should mention about CrossFit, and I've said this before, is that it's left open to a lot of interpretation, but I do understand the point about, um, being more like standardized training, uh, the most important thing is, knowing whether or not you have a direction because I'll be honest with you a lot of times I don't really like I don't really have a concept of bulking I don't really have a concept of cutting I kind of just want to like work my whole body throughout the week and get a, several good workouts because I enjoy working out I don't have a lot of I don't have an aesthetic goal um, I have maybe some strength goals, but it's not really the first thing on my mind. It's kind of, I just like to sweat and have, enjoy a workout. And so, for me, it doesn't really have to be that specific, so long as I'm giving equal coverage throughout all my body parts, all the, all the muscle groups. So, but a lot of people, their, their goals are to lose weight, to put on muscle, you know, to, they want to look their best for swimsuit season or whatever the case might be. So I understand, you know, that there's definitely times when it needs to be more specific. And I'd say I'm probably in the minority when it comes to not having really, really, you know, big time goals. So um, I still understand the perception around CrossFit, but I think it's left open to a wide variety of interpretation and that's the kind of person Greg Glassman is and was so that makes sense but uh I don't know I just thought I'd like to share with you that little realization where it's kind of like I think we all need to have this reflection sometimes it's like hey you really like in your mind I really really like this thing or I'm all about this thing and then sometimes you need to challenge that and just be like yeah maybe I'm not so much into this as what I thought so, a little bit of a personal personal growth suggestion there. You can uh, t try to tie in with yourself sometime. So, whatever the case might be, just, hey, I really, really like this thing. I really, really like this thing. And then kind of like argue, almost like convince yourself you don't and see if you still do and see what happens. So, let's move on to the, the racing out in, racing out in Phoenix this weekend. Um... I thought I, I didn't see the Xfinity race, like I said earlier, uh, but I, I heard it was a good race. Uh, Austin Cindric obviously uh, went on to win. Um, and then the cup race, I thought, again, decent. It was a good race. Um, and we have another winner, which I wouldn't say Martin Truex Jr. is a surprise winner. Um, I definitely had him pegged to win Vegas, so I was a, a weak late on that one, and I didn't pick a driver to win last week, but to be fair, I wouldn't have picked Martin Truex Jr. to win there. Um, so I think I might have picked the 22, but um, I think I'm going to keep picking the 22 until he wins, because 
he's been strong. <laughs> he's been very, very strong. Um, he's he's shoulda, coulda, woulda. Uh, almost all, almost all the races so far. So, twenty uh, two is looking strong. The two is looking strong. The eleven has had, I think, four top fives and top tens. So, uh, the eleven is looking strong. Uh, the five is just ridiculous. Um, it's insane. Uh, and Chase Elliott, I was a little surprised to see this. It just kind of low-key, uh, you know, he finished second in the 500. And, uh, this was his first top five since then. And I think he's run well. It's just he hasn't had the finishes to show until uh, this past weekend. So, um, but I feel like we're getting a little back to a little bit of normalcy with the drivers who uh, we're seeing win. Um, but it, I did get kind of excited because it would be interesting to get down towards the end of the regular season and seeing, uh, you know, a 16th winner and hopefully a 17th winner to really, really screw some things up um, going into the playoffs. Maybe have a person get a win and not get in because they're the 17th in points out of the winners. Uh, and then I started counting the <laughs> the people who I fully expect to get a win by uh, that time and there really wasn't as many as I thought so I think it was like six or seven drivers that I fully expect to to win by uh, by the time we get to the playoffs like <clears throat> um, the 22 I think is going to win the 2 is going to win a race uh, the 4 should win the 11, uh, the 18, um, the 9, if I didn't say that, uh, so I think, I think it was six, there were six guys that I was like, yeah, they'll definitely win a race by that time, and then there was another group of guys that was like, eh, maybe, like the, the one, Kurt seems to be a one win a year kind of guy, uh, so he seems to be one of those guys like, yeah, I could see him sneaking one out. Uh, but I'm having a hard, hard time finding another 12 guys that are gonna patch up a win in there. You know, um, I think that I don't think I said the 12. The 12 would be a good contender to win, especially at uh, the remaining restrictor plate tracks. So, but still, it, it'd be hard pressed. We'd have to have a lot more surprise winners before then. Um, a lot of guys like. Uh, Michael McDowell coming through and, and winning a race. So I don't know if we're going to get that. Um, but I am kind of piecing together. See, it was it was when we had fewer people make the playoffs, 10 or 12 drivers, it was a much bigger deal. And I'm not saying I disagree with 16 drivers, but I'm developing a way in my head that might be just as exciting uh, for a complete playoff run. And I hope to have uh, my opinions on that out soon. So we'll talk about that soon. But anyway, back to Phoenix. Um, I From the last half or third of the race or so, whatever I watched, I, it looked like a good race. And I, I'm going to say yeah, I've been to Phoenix since they uh, moved the, uh, the flag to the back stretch dog leg thing whatever you want to call um where they uh redid the inside and everything and it, look 
they did a phenomenal job with that racetrack. It is super nice. All right. And Phoenix has always been one of my favorite locations to go to. Um, not just because of the racetrack. Um, Phoenix is a, a cool place to go. There's a lot of cool things to do in Phoenix. Um, Phoenix is one of the first places I went to and went hiking uh, while we were out at the racetrack. We went to Camelback Mountain, which was really, really fun. We've been out there a couple times because we usually have, whenever you go to Phoenix, you usually have to go early because of how the flight schedules work. Um, so you find things to do and we've gone hiking and uh, gone for runs out there and things like that, which uh, you got to be careful because it's obviously the Valley of the Sun and super hot. Um, but even just the racetrack, um, I used to really, really, really like Phoenix because if you know me, you know my favorite tracks. I love Darlington. I love Martinsville. I really, really like those tracks where you go to and at the end of the race when you leave it's like you just feel like you were at a Saturday night short track or it was dirty and gritty and uh, even Atlanta just because of the way it is on tires um, I, I really really like those kind of gritty dirty uh, kind of blue collar racetracks if you will and Phoenix used to be one of those uh and I think they did a good job making it more modern. But I almost preferred it the other way. Um, so now that's just, that's just me and my choice. Again, it's super nice. I think it's super unique, which is something we need uh, with these various tracks right now. The, the problem with it is, is that Phoenix was already unique. Like... Phoenix was, there wasn't another track where the dog leg was on the backstretch. And so, it was already unique. I don't really know, other than maybe when they did the updates, it was just easier to move it that way. I'm not sure if, if that's why they did it. But I thought it was really nice the way they had it. And it seems like, you know... In the mid-2000s, I think it was when they, they did the repave and um, they widened out turn one and the, the pass-through. So if, you, if you're newer to racing, you haven't watched it for like 20 years, 30 years like I have, Phoenix used to be a lot tighter racetrack um, and there wasn't a tunnel. They would come in off of uh, the backstretch. The, the haulers would come in off the backstretch. It was just an opening back there. And, uh, so when they opened it up, it gave it more room, more racing lanes. And so the racing, it can be good. And, you know, they took out the grass and now they can drop down the dog leg. And that's cool. But man, I kind of miss the old way. It's like the, the tighter racing and fight for the bottom. And so I, I don't know. I just, I think, I think we keep putting this VHB, VH whatever whatever the heck it is the track bite grip stuff um they put that up in the top level of the track and man they're 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 really fast up there and hauling the mail on the top but it's kind of like we do this thing where it's like hey um this track had success with people running to the top let's do this 
everywhere. And I, I kind of wish we would go back and just like look at, let's pick and choose our tracks where we do this. Like, let's have a, a racetrack where we have to fight for the bottom. And we have, you like, there's one lane, and you have to move people to get them out of the way. You know, that that's not so much wide grooves, or you can dive to the bottom and slide up in front of somebody. So, I don't know. It's they, they've done, like, I keep saying it, they did a great job at Phoenix. It's phenomenal, and I'm probably in the minority here, but I, I like the old, dirty, grungy track that felt more like a Saturday night short track kind of race as compared to this really, really nice racetrack that is still super unique, but, man, we already had that. <laughs> so, um, but at the end of the day, the racing was good, so I can't complain too much. Um, the only thing I can really complain about is Bubba Wallace turning uh, my team's car, Cole Custer, on the straightaway, going in a straight line. I didn't understand that. I don't know if Bubba was trying to cut under him to to set up for the next corner. I don't know if there was something that led up to that. I'm not really sure, but he definitely wrecked them going in a straight line. Um, so, and Cole was running before that. He had a bad restart, but he was up in the top 10 before that, so that was kind of a bummer. But, um, Harvick did get a sixth place finish, so, um, that was at least a turnaround from the week before, and we haven't been that great at Vegas or Phoenix, so we're going to Atlanta next week where we've been really, really good, um, as a team, so, uh, looking forward for us to getting to some tracks that we've had some success on, uh, obviously we're coming up to the one year anniversary of the shutdown, um, of NASCAR, where we stepped away for a couple months, so, fond memories of, uh, seeing pictures of that on Facebook, uh, the Atlanta race getting postponed, and then everyone go home, and, we didn't see anybody for a month and a half, so, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's really been, it's really been a year, <laughs> it's hard to believe, so, but anyway, uh, not, not a whole lot to talk about with Phoenix, congratulations to Truex, we go to Atlanta, uh, this weekend, doubleheader on Saturday, the truck race is going to be at 1.30 Eastern time, the Xfinity race will follow, I think it's like 4, 3.30 or 4.30, so, two races in one day. That's always a, a really fun time. It's a very good race. Atlanta is worn out. So, the tire fall-off is going to be ginormous. Um, and then the cup race will be Sunday at 2.30, I believe. So, and this weekend, I'm going with Harvick. I'm picking our guy. Uh, he's been very good there the last few years. And uh, I, think, um, I think for us, this is where... We kind of get our season started similarly to last year. It took us a few races to get started. And then Harvick went on a tear. So I'm picking the four this week. Uh, and we'll see how that turns out. Alright. And that's it. So if you want to see me, contact me on uh, Instagram or Facebook, RacerRoo Fitness. Um, I'm Ryan Painter and I will see you next week. Bye.